what I realized through the Enneagram was by me learning how to show up differently for myself and be aware of where I was triggered Uh um, in these difficult relationships, what the patterns were of these difficult relationships, and then me shifting how I showed up in those relationships it automatically allowed those other people to show up differently themselves because I wasn't we weren't feeding the same pattern I wasn't allowing the same and not I I was doing it consciously but I don't at the time I was just doing it for myself welcome to the Daisy Camp podcast Daisy Camp is a woman's nonprofit resource for education and empowerment before during and after her divorce It's our mission to be that safe place for you to get support and reliable information that you'll need to grow into your ever-expanding life. Hi, and welcome to Daisy Camp Podcast. I'm joined today with a lovely person, Kate Jackson, who is a well-being coach, and she volunteers her time in the Daisy Camp program, helping women to kind of just navigate um, this situation in terms of their own well-being. And today we are talking about Kate's work with the Enneagram. And if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, we're going to give you just kind of a shallow dive into what it is today and hopefully give you some more information that kind of helps bring up some questions that might get you um, a little bit more involved because this is such a great tool for us um, to use in our daily lives. So hi, Kate. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Emily. It's so nice to see you here today. Thank you. So tell me just a little bit about your background and, you know, the type of work that you're doing with people. Sure. So, so I am a certified well-being coach and I got my degree through the University of Minnesota's Integrative Health and Well-Being Coaching Program a few years ago. And since then I have been working with clients, uh, really my focus is on building self-awareness. So it's not so much on the physical health side, but more on the emotional and mental well-being piece of it which is uh, so important which is so important and it's yeah. you know um, I think it's all important I just happen to fall towards that because of my background and my experience and sort of what my passion is so it's for me personally it's been um, so gratifying to be able to help people sort of reframe the way they think about things see their lives and their um, experiences from a different lens and a different perspective so Mm -hmm. that they can empower themselves to change the way they want to change things and move forward in life in a different way. So it's a it's a really fun job and I'm so grateful to have it. Oh, that's so important. I mean, especially in today's world, it's just it's so easy to kind of let life go by and find yourself suddenly in a situation where you need these tools that you just don't have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I found myself in that situation, which is really why this all started. I was going to say, yeah. So tell us a little bit of your history personally. Yeah. So, um, so I was, I was in autopilot mode for a lot of my life and living just fine, having a great, great experience for the most part, but, um, came across, uh, a stage four cancer diagnosis that mm-hmm. stops most people in their tracks. Uh, it certainly stopped mine in my tracks. And you were young too. I right? was in my thirties. Yeah. yeah. I was in my thirties. Um, and it, it kind of was a turning point for me to recognize that, uh, number one, Western medicine wasn't going to be able to really help me heal 
um, mm-hmm. completely helped me right. heal medically and, and surgically. But beyond that, it was really tough for me to heal my sort of spiritual psychological side right. of going through such a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I had uh, following on the heels of that, I went through a divorce and that was oh. kind of a, another sort of nick in my board of saying, okay, what's, I, I kind of need to live life differently. I need to figure out how to be happier and sort of more present in life. Mm-hmm. And um, going back to school, I got introduced to the Enneagram. And that was really the beginning for me of changing my perspective of sort of, okay, how, how do I operate in the world? How do I show up? Uh, where are some th- places I get triggered, mm-hmm. and how can I sort of smooth the edges out a little bit so that I can live a little bit more with ease, maybe mm-hmm. than I was before? I love that word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's something that, at least for myself, you're not aware that you're searching for it until you're aware of it, and then it's like, yes, I'd want more ease in my life. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to it's it's hard to recognize that. I mean, we're all kind of like in our routines or in our right. days. We don't recognize what we're what might be missing or what we're not even aware of. Right. And that for me, building the self awareness um, for myself personally before I even became a well being coach, mm-hmm. I realized just how helpful that was to my daily life and how much ease that brought to my life and just how much more pleasant it was to go through the day because I felt just more empowered and in control of my highs and my lows. You know, it was just, I was able to sort of like smooth all that, smooth that, smooth that out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So for those of us who might not be aware of the Enneagram or who are just hearing about this for the first time, Mm -hmm. like give me like the nuts and bolts of what is the Enneagram and how are we using it and how are you using it in kind of that day to day Life. Yeah. So um, the Enneagram's been around for a long time. Um, it's basically at its core sort of a personality test. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are nine types, nine basic types um, that pe- most people, well, all people um, fall into. And the mm-hmm. idea behind the Enneagram, and I've done other personality tests because I've worked in corporate America. So there's the Myers Briggs. There's the. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of them, right? There's Strengths Finders. There's DISC. I'm sure there's plenty other ones. I've done all those right. and they've all been helpful. You know, I don't think any of them I, um, are unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really found when I did the Enneagram was introduced to it uh, in my master's program was it's all about really focusing on the motivations that we have, why we have the behaviors and the patterns and the feelings that we have, and then how to move beyond that. And so oftentimes, you know, when we were talking earlier about being on autopilot, Mm -hmm. the autopilot is often our blind spots. So the Enneagram is this really beautiful tool that sort of helps you understand where your common strengths are, where your common blind spots are, and then it offers a path for growth. And that to me is the key of just, you know, understanding the motivation behind our, our behaviors and then mm-hmm. understanding how do we work beyond that so that we can feel more whole, honestly. Right. Yeah. And um, to piggyback on that, I think then to kind of see that other people are operating in a different manner than ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And how are we relating to other people who have different motivations? Yes. And how are we communicating with others? So, I mean... I love that, you know, there's so many layers to this and just so much to kind of dive into and unpack Mm -hmm. once you kind of start 
going down that path, right? Yeah, it's really a people can go as deep or as shallow as they want with this tool. I mean, there's so many layers. I've I've been working with this tool for six years, and I'm still learning, honestly. Right. Um, oh, but so I cool. think if you are in that mindset of hey, I want to just learn more about myself, so I have more control over my own destiny kind of mm-hmm. um, this is a great tool to just get you started and in a very compassionate way understand yourself but then by nature of working on it yourself you're starting to understand and have compassion for other people too oh I really like how that yeah how that has just a little bit about your story and you know how has it impacted you personally I mean maybe like some examples of that you could think of, of, you know, here was me before I knew the Enneagram and here's me now. Sure. Yeah. I, well, I talk a lot about the, I had a couple of hard relationships, difficult relationships, um, after my divorce and with family members, um, and trying to figure out how to heal those was really hard. I, I kind of say that I divorced a couple family members after I divorced my husband, um, because there was a, you know, it was a dynamic shift. It was, I was really hurt. I was really struggling to try and figure out sort of what was next. Mm -hmm. And, um, what I realized through the Enneagram was by me learning how to show up differently for myself and be aware of where I was triggered uh-huh. um, in these difficult relationships, what the patterns were of these difficult relationships, right. and then me shifting how I showed up in those relationships, it automatically allowed those other people to show up differently themselves because I wasn't, oh, we weren't so feeding the same pattern. Yeah. I wasn't allowing the same, and not, I, I was doing it consciously, but I don't, at the time, I was just doing it for myself. I didn't sure. realize that they were going to be able to join me in that. And it was so powerful oh, to me to recognize that if we can show up differently, it has an effect on other people. So it yeah. it was very helpful for me to recognize what their stress patterns were and how they might be showing up, even if I didn't know what their type was, their Enneagram type. Sure. I could at least have some compassion of being like, okay they're probably in a stressed state and this is probably why they're behaving this way. So I'm not going to take it personally. I'm just going to mm-hmm. recognize that like me, I can be in stress and I don't, it's not an ideal state. So <laughs> I show up and it's not personal towards them necessarily. It's just like, that's the space I'm in. Right. So it was really a beautiful tool for me and it continues to be a beautiful tool for me to be able to really have more understanding of people that are maybe not showing up as their best selves and mm-hmm. not uh, take it as sort of that's who they are, but just recognizing that's that's just a momentary state that they may be in. Yeah. Well, and I love that idea because I think it's so easy, like you said, to get caught in this cyclical pattern where things keep happening the same. And mm-hmm. yeah, responses keep happening the same, or you keep walking away from situations feeling these same feelings Mm -hmm. and then being able to take that step back and say, you know what? I don't have to feel that way or gosh, how could I change my approach here? Or, or like you said, how could I think about this differently? Um, and, and I think that's a really powerful tool for you to, to have under your belt. Yeah, it's just so helpful. And we all know, I mean, relationships are hard regardless of how great they are. You're always going to have, a moment in time where you get a tough email or you get a tough call or somebody else in your household is stressed. And so you're having to respond to this. And if you don't have some tools like the Enneagram to recognize, okay, this is what I usually do. 
Mm-hmm. But now that I know that I usually do that, I have some choice in what I might otherwise do to help support myself and this person better. It's just so powerful. Yeah. And do you ever use it as like a reflection tool as well, right? Like when you're kind of mulling this over, like, how did this happen? Or how did I get into this situation? Mm-hmm. Um, is it kind of helpful to use that as as a part of your reflection as well. Very much so. And in fact, when I first learned the Enneagram, it took me three years to actually identify my my type. I was between two different types. Oh, And okay. so I often say this to people that are learning the Enneagram, don't, don't get upset if you don't know your type right away. Because yes. for me, my personal experience with it is, I learned so much more about the Enneagram by having to pay attention to two different types. Oh, interesting. And so I would, if I had a um, situation where things didn't go so great, I would reflect on these two different types and say, okay, what are the patterns of these two different types? How did I show up? How did I get triggered? What was my motivation? Right. And so it helped me just be able to start understanding my behaviors better through that reflection. Um, And I, I use it to this day. I mean, I constantly am thinking about that and reflecting on how does my type show up in different situations and how much did I use of my sort of the the pattern of my type versus mm-hmm. the growth area of my type oh, and how can I change that to be more growth oriented yeah oh that's so interesting mm-hmm. so um let's shift it a little bit I know that you've done a lot of um, volunteer work with Daisy Camp mm-hmm. and um you've hosted a few workshops and you know now that we're coming out of this COVID stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been webinars yes, right 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 um but I'm just kind of curious you know, how, what kinds of things are you talking about when you're talking to women either facing divorce or in the process mm-hmm. of divorce? Um, you know, what topics are coming up for these women? Yeah. Well, so the, the webinar I've been doing for Daisy Camp has been a really just kind of like a high level introduction to the Enneagram. Okay. Um, but the reason that I was interested in offering that to Daisy Camp was because I know for myself personally, coming out of divorce, how important a tool the Enneagram was for me and being able to get myself back on my own two feet and move forward more positively. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when I'm in the uh, webinar for Daisy Camp, I really want to bring examples of people that people that I know that have gone through divorce outside of myself or Mm -hmm. are in relationships where they struggle to help identify the different types, the different patterns, and how those might create difficulties in relationships and how you might be able to recognize, again, like the stress in yourself and how you show up in stress and how Mm -hmm. that might impact your partner or your ex-partner. Sure. And also how they might show up in stress so that you can try and find a little compassion for them, Mm -hmm. particularly, I think, for people that have children and are trying to co-parent as a divorced couple. If you are not aware of your own triggers and you're not you don't have a lot of self-awareness you're just going to continue to hit the same wall over and over and you're never going to be able to co-parent well which is going to impact your children oh for sure so finding this way to um, really help these women recognize and learn about themselves in a different way in a more compassionate way and give them this idea of like you actually have some power to choose how you want to show up and change the dynamic that you have with your with your ex or soon to be ex it can be really powerful. I yeah, I mean I can imagine it would be nice to have a little light at the end of yes. what's probably 
a whirlwind of a tunnel, right? Yes. Yeah. And to know that it's possible to change and that change starts inside mm-hmm. and not waiting for all of these external things to change. Right. 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 And it's, you know, everybody's on a different path. So there are people that are ready for this work and people that are not ready for this work. And that's all okay. Um, I think even if I I look at it as even if I plant a seed for people to say, hey, this tool is out there when you're ready for it. Yeah. Um, Whereas other people pick up on it right away. Some people, it might take a few years for them to even want to go back and do it because it's work, right? We have to work on ourselves. And sometimes, particularly with things like the Enneagram, sometimes it's like, ooh, I don't like that part about right. me so much. But if we can move beyond that and see and recognize like, okay, now I know this part that doesn't show up so well and might create mm-hmm. some of the issues that I've run into. And mm-hmm. I'm going to take accountability for that, but also recognize I can move beyond that. I have other things I can do. I have other opportunities to change the way I show up and I have control over that. It is like, it's just so empowering. Oh man, what a great way to frame it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious then, you know, what are probably the two or three most common questions that you're being asked, especially from, you know, women who maybe aren't as familiar with the Enneagram? Sure. Like, what are they asking first? Like, what's, <laughs> throw me the lifeline, like, where do I need to start? Well, know? yeah, the, the, the question I always get, um, well, I should, I'll, I'll save that one for the second one. The first question I get is, I can't find my type. You know, so I've gone through the webinar, we've gone through all the nine types and people are saying, I have no idea. Uh, Yeah. Right. So it's, we are a culture that wants to like be able to identify ourselves quickly so that we know the problem and then we can move on. And that is really the anti-enneagram. This is like meant to take some time to sort through. It's a self-awareness opportunity. It's, you know, again, I've been doing this for six years. I'm still learning about myself, but I look at it from a very positive lens of like, wow, I just keep learning about myself so that I can keep improving and have more ease in my life. So it's a perspective shift. But, um, but I always say to people, like, if you have, you know, the intent behind the Enneagram, when you first learn it, is to kind of help you dial into maybe two or three types that are most likely you. Mm-hmm. And then you can start working from that. So it's not so overwhelming, but yeah. paying attention to the different, you know, isms of those types, if you will. Okay. Sure. Um, so to start there and be accepting that you're not like, I will never type somebody. I will never say, Emily, you are a type four after going through sure. a typing session. Cause I'm, I ultimately, I don't know you are the yeah. only person that will know that. Yeah. Yep. So that's, um, that's the first question when people are really struggling, like, what is my type or I can't find my type. I try to just say it's, it's a process. It's a process. It was a three-year process for me to figure out my type, and it was a great process, very positive for me. Mm-hmm. The second question that generally always gets asked in these webinars is, well, which types are best for each other in terms of a relationship, sure. which yes. is a great question, That's right? A wonderful question. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, I don't have a great answer for them because yeah. um, it's, I will say it depends. The, yeah. the, the worst case scenario, right? Nobody wants to hear it depends. But what it depends right. on is you can have a really, so for me, I'm a type nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. In 2014, I was a very unhealthy type nine because I was not conscious of my patterns. I didn't know what my triggers were. I didn't understand my blind spots. I didn't understand my motivations. I didn't know any of that. That wasn't on my radar. Right. So I think anyone that would have been with me at that point was only getting a part of me. 
Wow. But yeah. So, so it's, that's part of that, that process of like, okay, I wasn't a super healthy type nine in 2014, 2021. Mm -hmm. I'm a really healthy type nine now. So I would like to find a, finally, right? (laughs) Took a while, but I'm there. Um, <laughs> and that must feel so good to say. Like, you know, it does. It's nice to have consciousness, yes. <laughs> which I, I think I thought I probably had, but now that I reflect on it, it's like, wow, I was very much in autopilot mode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so you know, when I look for a partner, my hope is to find somebody that is a healthy whatever type they are. I'm not sure. looking for a particular type now I'm just looking for a healthy type that is wow I love that answer (laughs) that is so true yeah yeah and it's hard to identify that right away right it takes time it takes time time. yep yep so that that I think that's you know we are a culture of rushing into the answer finding the fix knowing everything right from the get-go and that Mm -hmm. just isn't possible so um, I think if we can start helping ourselves out by training ourselves to slow down, yes. pay attention to ourselves, pay attention to other people. Have a little grace with ourselves. Have a lot of grace. Yeah. Yes. I always say self-compassion is like a huge piece of the Enneagram because again, like you're learning about things that aren't necessarily the most beautiful parts of you and you right. might compare yourself to others and say, I've had people that have said, I wish I was a type mm. eight as opposed to a type four. There are no good or bad types, right? right? It's just like the the reason we are the type is based on the experiences we had as a kid mm-hmm. and how we were motivated to survive the experiences that we had as a kid. Not necessarily like bad experiences, just surviving in our defense mechanisms, like how we had to deal with getting along yes. as we grew up. Yeah. Um, yep. And so we just got really good at it. And those are our patterns. And sometimes they serve us in adulthood and sometimes they do not. So if, as long as we're aware of right. them and recognize, oh, that probably doesn't really do much for me anymore. It's probably causing more harm than good at this point. Maybe mm-hmm. I can ditch that pattern and learn something different in its place. You know, that's, that's creating ease in your life. Mm-hmm. Well, and the knowing is half the battle, I think. It's, Just it's even like 90% of the battle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, even in my limited experience of the Enneagram, I mean, it just, it's so fascinating that this isn't just, like you said, the magic potion that, you know, you can shot it down and there I am. You've got to really have you know, have worked on it and developed it and um, taken the time Mm -hmm. to reflect and taken the time to think about, you know, this relationship in terms of yourself and in terms of other people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that is such a key piece of, of helping people understand the grace piece of this, right? Like having grace for yourself, having compassion for yourself to know that, like everyone else in the world, you have some things that Mm -hmm. put you in a place of showing up in relationships that probably don't help you. And everyone has that. Right. It's the people that become aware of that and can start to make some adjustments that are going to have an easier life. But if you Mm -hmm. are denying that or don't want to look at that or don't want to open that up and have to get into that nitty gritty, you're going to stay stuck 
and hit the same walls over and over again. And that's what I try to impress upon people is, yeah, it's not the most favorable looking thing sometimes, but Mm -hmm. also if you can just like get over that hump and realize, Mm -hmm. okay, that's where I go. I get it. Now I know. Now I can do something about it. Yeah. That's where we have to get to if we're going to make real personal change. And, um, you know, I'm okay with my isms now. It's like, yeah, of course. (laughs) Like I get why I've, I fall asleep to some things and, you know, sort of deny conflict or try to stay away from conflict. Yeah. But I've also realized, particularly in my marriage and other relationships, like denying conflict forever and ever and ever creates conflict. Exactly. So I am the very thing that I am trying to stay away from is what I create, which is what the Enneagram taught me. I did not understand that before. And it's like now I walk into conflict in a different manner and I have more control. I have more understanding of how I deal with it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a whole different lens that I have about conflict now. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, can you imagine what a different relationship that would have been, right? Absolutely. If you would have, yeah, gone into it with a little bit more of this awareness. And so, yeah, what a powerful tool we have to, yeah, to kind of bring it all back around and Mm -hmm. use this as a growth experience. Absolutely. Yep. Improving life and, and improving self and, um, just making, again, making life easier. (laughs) Yep, and we life all- <laughs> is not easy. So if we can find little ways to make it easier instead oh of my making gosh. it harder, yes, right, right, right. Yeah. we're creating our own suffering sometimes. Yeah, so like, let's really do. try to pull back on some of that. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, Kate, thank you so much for coming in today. This has been such a wonderful talk. Um, if people want to get to know you a little bit more or your work, where can they find you? The best place is really my website, which is uh, www.com. And so it's E-N-S-O, wellbeing, all one word, dot com. Wonderful. All right. Well, we'll put that in the show notes. And thank you so much again for coming in today, Kate. It Thanks, was Emily. so nice to have you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for showing up today and investing a little time in yourself. If you found this episode helpful but would like to dive deeper, Come over to www.daisycamp.org and check out our community resources. We also have recommended reading and upcoming events, both in person in the Minneapolis area and worldwide through our online webinars. Daisy Camp's board, staff, and speakers volunteer their time and are here to help you. Come on over and get involved. We'd love to have you join us. Thanks again and keep listening.